Our scripture today comes to us from the 13th chapter of the book of Numbers. Hear the word of the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each of their ancestral tribes, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron to tell the con- congregation of the Israelites in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them, we've come to this land to which you've sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Yet the people who live in the land are strong. The towns are fortified and very large. And besides there, we saw the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once to occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. The men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against this people, for they are stronger than we. So they brought to the Israelites an unfavorable report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land that we've gone through as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. All the people that we saw in it are of great size. There we saw the Nephilim, and to ourselves we seemed like grasshoppers. So we seemed to them. The word of the Lord. Holy God, at this moment in our own journey through faith, we come to pause before your open word, asking that you will speak out of it to us. Take this word and use it to transform us closer into the image of the word made flesh. We ask it in his name. Amen. It has been two years now since the Hebrews left slavery in Egypt. Two years on the hard road through the desert. It was a hard road because that's always the road that we are led onto in order to learn faith. And faith is the ticket we need to step into the promised land. Now, two years later, the Lord has brought the Hebrews to the southern gate of the promised land to Kadesh Barnea. People were told to send out 12 spies to the land that God said, I will give to the Israelites. Forty days later, why is it always 40, by the way? <laughs> always 40. I imagine they're done with their work at 39. No, we've got to wait to 40. The 12, another favorite number, spies come back. They've brought with them pomegranates and figs and a cluster of grapes so large that it takes two men to carry it on a pole. Ten of the 12 spies said, yes, sure, this is a land that flows with milk and honey, but it's heavily fortified. The people who live there are stronger than we are. And there we saw the Nephilim, a race 
of giants. Caleb and Joshua <laughs> giants, giants? This, this is promised land. We are certainly able to overcome the giants and the obstacles. But the people went with the majority report. The next chapter tells us that they said to each other, come, let us choose a captain who will take us back to Egypt. What did Joshua and Caleb see that the others did not? They saw the promise. They'd been chasing that promise on the hard road for the last two years. And with every step along the way, the promise that they had faith in was changing them from the inside out. So going back to Egypt was not even an option because they weren't slaves anymore. The promise did that to them. It converted them. There is nothing that affects your identity or your self-image quite like the promises that you choose to believe. Or don't. We live in a society that says your identity is determined by your job or by how hard you've worked or what you've done or left undone. Or we've even for the last generation been experimenting with the notion that the identity is something we self-construct. You can be whatever you want to be. If you're on your own out there trying to be whatever you want to be, if that's the only promise you've got, You've got to be aware that you're in a land that devours its inhabitants. You will not survive. The alternative is to follow Joshua and Caleb. To believe the promises that were made from the time you went through the waters. The waters of baptism. Where you were called a cherished daughter of God. The beloved son of God where your sins were forgiven, and you were given the life of Christ to live. That's your identity. And you were given a future filled with hope and a mission to work for it. If you believe that promise, you can take on any giant. For 2,000 years, the Christian church has allowed its identity to be shaped by a promise called the coming kingdom of God. This is a kingdom in which justice and peace will come together in a holy embrace. This vision, it beckons us, it calls us. It, it, the promise of the kingdom's coming, it takes over our lives. It's why we do what we do in the mission of the church. And there have been giant obstacles along the way. There are giant reasons to be afraid of things like terrorists. And every time the culture is scarred once again by such senseless acts of violence, we gotta choose if we're gonna just be afraid or we're gonna recommit ourselves to the promise of the coming kingdom and then recommit ourselves to working for it. If you wanna be afraid, you can. You, you, can, you can lash out too, but that's just grasshoppers fighting out in the desert. You're not gonna, it's not going to come to anything. Let us live 
by our belief in the promise of this coming kingdom. Any time you've inherited a promise from God, count on the fact that there will be giants in the way of it. The inverse of this, by the way, is also true. If you're not dealing with giant obstacles, then you probably do not have dreams worthy of your life. God's dreams are worthy of your life. But you've got to decide if you're going to take them. Maybe today you are also standing at Kadesh Barnea. Before you is an opportunity that looks so wonderful, but it's so frightening. Behind you, it's just a lot of desert. You can wander back there if you want, but the same God who was faithful in bringing you this far will take you past the giants. But it's your choice. This is the part of this text that really scares me. When the people said that they didn't want to go into the promised land, God said, okay. And he let them wander around in the desert for the rest of their lives. The Bible says nothing about fate. It creates a drama with a wide open future. And into this drama, God has inserted holy choices. And we see God's holy choice here to bring you to a promised land. It's going to be a challenge to get in there. It's not going to be easy. This is not paradise we're talking about. The promised land comes with a struggle. It's just that it's the struggle in which God has promised to be with you. But now you've got to choose. Are you going to go ahead and take this frightening opportunity or spend your years wandering around as a grasshopper in the desert? Choose carefully. <laughs>